Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Oh God, that is our prayer, is that you make us an instrument of your peace. That when we see need around us, you, you, you send us out and you help us to see how we can be the peace in the world around us. And Lord, I don't know about you, but I know I see a world that has a lack of peace. I see a world that has division in it. And if we are the church that you have called us to be, then we need to be the church that that brings healing, that brings wholeness for one another. That's one of the purpose of this series that we've been doing, talking about being brothers keepers. So Lord, as we conclude this series today, we pray that you let the words of my mouth And the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. So, we are finishing up our Brothers Keeper series today, and I am just so thankful that last week uh, that Pastor uh, James Gilbert was able to join us, and then I was able to go over to uh, Meek's Chapel and and preach on uh, their live stream. And it's just always so fun to have... Uh, to be around him, to be around uh, some of his people that were there, and just to really verbally and, and, and significantly show that we are together, that, that we share in the same body and blood of Jesus Christ, and, and that we share in that same mission that we are called to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. A funny story about... Um, a conversation that I had with a church member. Uh, Pastor James, if you remember, he uh, brought greetings from his bishop and from his superintendent, and I had a church member that came in, and it was like, Pastor Chris, so James, Pastor James is from the North Texas Conference, right? I said, yes, yeah, the North Texas Conference of the, uh, of the African Methodist Episcopal Church. Like, oh, Oh, I thought he was a part of our annual conference, but he had a separate bishop because they were African Americans. And no, 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 we got rid of that a long time ago. You know, they are a part of the African Methodist Episcopal Church, which we share in communion with one another. But I, I, I love that he came in and he asked me that question because it, to me it showed that, that he was thinking about the divide that we have in our world right now. The divide that we that we easily put up, whether it is race, whether it is politics, whether it is denominations, whether it is all of these different things, we, we put up these barriers between each other. When Christ has come and, and has called us to, to tear those barriers down. So 
I hope that as we've done this series and you've had a chance to hear me and Pastor James preach, that has given you an, the opportunity to explore an often ignored letter of the New Testament. Because, you know, it is, it is a very hard letter to read. It, it's, it's a hard letter to read because, number one, it's short. And, and why I say a short letter is hard to read, that is so easy to, to scroll right by it or to just kind of skim over it because you think so, only because it's 25 verses that there's really not much in there. But, but if it's in our scriptures, there is something for us there. But it's also difficult because we don't always get a wrap-up of what happened. And what I mean by that is that we have these letters in, in Scripture that, that Paul or others have written to different communities. And, and we hear about the problems or, or the issues that they are dealing with, but we never fully understand what happened afterwards. How, how did the church respond when they received these letters? How did Philemon respond when he received this letter. And I'll, I'll try to give what some church historians say have happened to Onesimus after he went back to Philemon and, and, and he handed this letter to him. But I think the easiest way for us to wrap up this letter is within this one sentence, that we are responsible for one another. Whether you agree with someone completely or, or, or whether you, uh, you, you like or you hate, whether you love, whether you don't love, all of these type of things, we are responsible for one another. And, and we looked about those things through, through different ways during the series. We, we, we talked about how, how brotherly love or how, how this love that we share with one another is voluntary that we're not forced into doing this. We, we can go on and, and act ways to different people however we want, but to fully in, grasp and, and to enjoy and, and to be in fellowship with one another, that's voluntary. We're not forced to do that. We know that it demands forgiveness. And I think some of the things that, one of the ways that, that we have to deal with this that may be the hardest is that sometimes we actually have to stop and say, I'm sorry. And, and as I shared with the Meeks Chapel family uh, last week, I said, you know, as a pastor, that, that even goes for me as, as well. Because sometimes I know that I don't do the things that I'm supposed to do. Sometimes I know that I leave things undone that are supposed to be done. And as a pastor, I need to say I'm sorry. I need to say, ask forgiveness for those things. And, and when we ask forgiveness, that allows us the opportunity, as, as Pastor James said last week, allows us the opportunity to reach across all lines. Reach across to those people that, that we may disagree with, but who are image bearers of God, who, who have proclaimed Christ as their Lord and Savior and, and vow to live as a beloved disciple of Jesus Christ. See, those are the things that, that we are called to do. And, and today we finish up the book of Philemon, or this letter from Philemon, as we go to Philemon, verses 17 through 21. So I invite you to follow along as we read this passage together. Would you please join me? So, Paul writes, if you consider me a partner, 
welcome him, Onesimus, as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong, or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand, and I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write this to you, knowing that you will do even more than I ask. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, with the day being Valentine's Day, I thought it would be appropriate to focus on the heart of the passage. <laughs> well, I've already talked about love or agape. We, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And, and, and the word love that, that Paul uses in this passage is, is agape, which means it, it is a, a generous love. It, it's a love that, that is poured out for, for others. It, it, it's not a romantic love. It, it's not a, a neighborly type of love. It, it's a love that allows for us to, to pet ourselves in place of someone else. It, it allows for us to allow for the opportunity for us to, to hold others up when we are in trouble. It allows us the opportunity to let that love be all that we do so that Christ's love may be proclaimed. But there's another word that Paul uses three times within this passage, and that word is heart. And I love the, the, the Greek word for heart. It, it is the word spleknon. Spleknon. And, and it, it sounds kind of messy and it sounds kind of, of, of ugly because it, it's not a, a superficial heart moment where we have little hearts emojis all over the place, but it is a deep, deep connection. It's a word for, for the inner bowels inside of us. So when, when Paul is talking about having a heart for others, he's saying that I am so deeply filled with the love that we have for others. We're going to take just a little bit of a break here because Tracy needs to uh, scatter um, Lyle out here. I'm, I'm going to... He'll be fine. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. So, I wanted to show you the three different verses that Paul is using when he talks about the, the heart or the splechnon that, that we have or, or, or that Philemon and he have for one another. The very first one is early in verse 7 where, where Paul writes, Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, talking to Philemon, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. He knew that, that Philemon has refreshed the hearts of those in Ephesus. And, and as the, the leader of that church, or a leader of that church, he wants to make sure that they, their hearts, are refreshed because of the love and grace of Jesus Christ. So, so Paul, Philemon refreshed the hearts or the innermost being of those in Ephesus letting them see the love and grace of Jesus Christ poured out through him. And then last week we, we see, saw this verse from verse 12. I am sending him back to you, which is like sending you my own 
heart. Sending you my own heart. What, 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 what Paul is talking about there, he is saying that Onesimus, the, the slave that, that ran away and, and we talked about possibly even took money from Philemon, he came into connection with Paul and became a part of Paul's own heart. That, that, that he became a part deep inside of him. And, and because he was deep and, and a part of who Paul was, he was now set apart. Or he was now special in, in a way that allowed the love and grace of Jesus Christ to, to fully indwell in him. And then our passage for today, here in the third verse, on verse 20, Paul writes, I do not wish, brothers, that I may have some benefit from you and the Lord, but I would like for you to refresh my heart in Christ. Paul is hoping that as he sends Onesimus back to Philemon, that, that Philemon would refresh Paul's heart and, and accept Onesimus as his own trying to show the importance of, of being a part of, of the body of Christ that we, that we hear Paul write about in, in 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, in, in 1 Corinthians, when he talks about the body of Christ. See, that is one of the things I think we sometimes miss. When we have division in the church, when we have division around us through different churches or with different people, we forget that we are all a part of one body and that is the body of Christ now my friends I, I think we are getting to a time where maybe we have received reached that time where I think it is very easy for us to discredit or discount others and we, we just discount or we discredit others because maybe they don't have the same beliefs as we do. Or maybe, maybe they're on a different political aisle. Maybe they're in a different uh, denomination that we are. But I believe it would have been extremely easy for Paul himself to basically send Onesimus back saying, you know what, it's not my problem. I don't live in Ephesus anymore. I, I'm in prison here in Rome. Why in the world should I make my concerns something that's happening 1,300 miles away? But he didn't. You know, and it could have been easy for Philemon to discredit the letter from Paul and go ahead and lock Onesimus back up as a runaway slave just to punish him. But he didn't. Church historians, uh, they, they take a look at the story of Philemon and Onesimus and they see something extremely valuable here. See, Onesimus was then accepted by Philemon and brought into fellowship with one another, and we hear later on that he actually became a bishop of Ephesus. Some of the early church fathers write letters uh, crediting Onesimus for, for the work that he has done there. So there was a full restoration there, but the restoration wasn't just a restoration just to get along. It was a restoration through the love and grace of Jesus Christ. See, that's the heart. The heart is the connectedness as beloved brothers in Christ. A and we have a connectedness as the body of Christ, working side by sides as sisters and brothers in Christ to proclaim the kingdom of Christ to a fallen and broken world. That's 
the reconciliation that we're we're aiming for. It's not a reconciliation so that we just get along. No, it's a reconciliation so that we can restore the fallen world around us. You know, we have a tendency to think that the only way that we can do this is through power and to have power through others. And maybe if we can only establish the right government, if we can get, as Pastor James said last week, if we can get Caesar to do what we want Caesar to do, then everything will be fine. But that's not right. That's not it. Or maybe even if we look to see how we can get the denomination just right and perfect for us, then things will be okay. But see, that's not it. See, we are looking at our own power through all of that when what Christ calls us to do is to look towards him. Dallas Willard wrote a book called Renovation of the Heart. And, and in this book, he had this quote. He said, Jesus did not send his students out to start governments or even churches as we know them today. They were instead to establish beachheads of his person, of beachheads of Christ, of his word and his power in the midst of a failing and futile humanity. Humanity will always be broken. Let me fix that real quick. Humanity will always be broken unless... We allow the power and the love and the grace of Jesus Christ to flow in and through us. So we may be Christ in this world. I was uh, able to participate over this past month in an online pastor's retreat. And uh, each Thursday from 2 to 4, we would have a, a Zoom meeting where we would get together and listen to some different, different speakers speak. And uh, when we started this retreat, it, each day, the leader of this retreat would, st would start out each session with these words. He, he would invite us to, to raise our hands up towards the Zoom screen, and he had us put it all in gallery mode, which was like the big old giant Brady Bunch uh, scene there with everyone. And we, we, we would lift our hands out to pray for, for one another, and we would say these words. The Spirit of Jesus in me greets the Spirit of Jesus in you and binds us to come together and worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I want to try that with you right now. I know some of you may be sitting in front of your computers, you may be sitting in front of your TVs watching this, or you may be just listening, but just invite you just to put your hands up right now and repeat after me. The Spirit of Jesus in me. The Spirit of Jesus in me. Greets the Spirit of Jesus in you greets the Spirit of Jesus in you and bids us to come together and bids us to come together and worship in worship in the name of the Father in the name of the Father in the name of the Son in the name of the Son and in the name of the Holy Spirit and in the name of the Holy Spirit Amen Amen See that's what being a brother's keeper is all about 
That's what being a sister's keeper is all about. It, it, it's recognizing that, that the spirit of Jesus that is in me reaches out to the spirit of Jesus that is in you. And, and together, we work together to, 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 to establish, as, as Willard said, that, that beachhead of his person, word, and power in the midst of the broken world that is around us. And my friends, as long as we try to do things on our own and we fail to allow Christ to be a part of our lives, as, as, we, as we fail to allow Christ to, to guide us and to lead us, to allow his word, to allow his spirit, to allow his person and power to, to flow in us, then we miss the point. So we begin the season of Lent this Wednesday. And I'm so tired of saying these phrases, but this Lent is going to be different than the previous Lents that we've ever had. Even last year when it was interrupted in the middle of the season with a pandemic. But I pray that the words that we just shared helps us to see that while there are differences between one another, that we are held together by one spirit. While there are, are, are troubles and, and difficulties around us, because of that one spirit, we have power. And as the body of Christ, we hold on to the one thing that binds us together, and that one thing is the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Oh God, we come to you thankful that you have given us yourself. We come to you thankful that, that you have allowed us opportunities to see how your love and grace has played out in, in communities before us. Remind us that when we claim the name of Jesus Christ in our lives, we are different. We are then empowered to, to go out into your world and live our lives differently than we did before. Allow us the opportunities to reach out in love. Letting that, that inner heart of ours, that splechnon, uh, that, that inner being, be filled by the love and grace of those around us. Always there to proclaim who you are as our Lord and our God. So Lord, we lift this prayer up to you. In the name of the one who loves us and cares for us, Jesus, our Lord. Amen.